Hi, this is Roy Worley. Welcome to the interview show that brings on guests from all walks of life. Yeah, it's here that they tell their stories and delve a little deeper into their lives to see what got them where they are. So grab a drink, have a seat, and relax, because this is The Leo Effect. When was the last time a short movie shook your emotions to the core? When was the last time a short movie caused you to rethink everything you stood for? When was the last time a short movie made you proud to be an American? When was the last time you felt the emotion to stand up and cheer after a short movie? The new short movie, I've Got Your Six, written and directed by Bill Foster, one of the industry's newest and fastest climbing directors, will answer all of those questions. Rarely has there been so much packed into a short movie that when you leave, you'll feel more proud of our American military veterans. A movie that was cast only with American military veterans will have you on the edge of your seat, cheering for our veterans and what makes America great. I've Got Your Six will be hitting the film festival scene soon. Be prepared to drop what you're doing and go see this powerful movie when it comes to your area. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to The Leo Effect. Now, today, I'm joined by a very special guest. Um, I kind of encountered him through one of my favorite things to do, which is watch cartoons. Uh, heard his voice, looked him up on Twitter, and here we are. So please allow me to introduce Mr. Jay Hickman. How are you? Good. Thank you, and thanks for having me. Excited to visit with you. Absolutely. I, I've you know, I'm here to ask you some questions, and I'm sure you'll have no problems providing some good answers. Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, let's let's start with a, a nice and easy one. Um, it's more of an opinion okay. question. Oh, all right. So what do you feel might be your most notable, or like, in your opinion anyway, what is your most um, known for project that you've been on? No comment. Fair point. I kid. I kid. Um, so that's a great question because I'm, you know, the, you're familiar with, um, I think, the fandom of anime and how impassioned it is and how um, subjective it can be. So I know, um, you know, there's just a, a huge universe of of titles and projects and shows and characters out there and people naturally gravitate to one or the other. They, they really find that they can develop a, a very personal connection to a certain show or a certain character. And so people just naturally gravitate to things and it's, it's difficult to kind of put an algorithm on that and to know what, you know, what's going to be a hit or what's going to even be a sort of a cult hit or a sleeper hit. And so I've encountered so many people over the years as I've, you know, had the opportunity to go to conventions or go to screenings or uh, have, you know, live chats online uh, with, with people that were fans of certain shows or certain characters uh, that I had been a part of. And it just, it, it varies so widely. And so, um, you know, based on some of that feedback, I've learned that um, a lot of, um, I have been a part very, very recently, I was able to be a part of my hero academia, mm -hmm. which you may know as a, uh, highly popular show yep. uh, produced by Funimation. And so, um, 
as soon as I announced that I was in that show, I got just a flood of input from people who were very excited about it. And um, I was able to attend a couple of conventions after that fact. And then a lot of people come up to me and want to talk about this role in my hero academia, which candidly was not, um, you know, highly involved. It was a, it was a character that was integral to the uh, very first episode of season four. He's a reporter. I'm not giving away too much to tell you that. (laughs) And, um, at the end of the episode, he's kind of off on his merry way and we don't see him again, uh, at least for a while. Um, and, but that was it. And so even with that kind of, um, relatively small story arc, people knew this character and they wanted to talk about him. And, um, uh, that was, you know, that was kind of a, an interesting experience and that just it speaks to the, um, just broad popularity of that particular show. Uh, other than that, um, there've been a few shows I've been in that, um, made it to the Toonami lineup on Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. And so as such, uh, they've had kind of sort of a broader audience. So, uh, Food Wars is a show that's currently playing on Toonami. Um, I have a character on that named uh, Juichiro Yukihira, uh, who is the father of the main protagonist, Soma Yukihira. And so we, um, Juichiro, although we don't see him in every single episode, he's, he's referred to almost in every episode by his son or someone else in the show who knows him. And we'll frequently have flashbacks, but he shows up with, with some regularity and is, um, you know, has, has kind of developed a presence for himself. So that's, that's kind of a big one. And then previous to that, a couple other shows that were on Toonami were Akame Got Kill. I played a character called Dr. Stylish in that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Parasite um, was a very intense kind of uh, graphic alien-themed anime uh, that was on Toonami, uh, in which I also played a character uh, who is a private detective, and he has a, also a fairly short story arc, but he makes an impact. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. And there you have that. <laughs> so I hope I hope that sheds some light. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the the big big takeaway I guess is uh if anybody hasn't figured it out yet is that you're you're a voice actor. And I meant to tell you. Yeah, <laughs> just I meant to slip that in there. I just couldn't find the time now. <laughs> but uh that it's amazing to me that like how people are able to transform their voices like so readily. Um, but what was it that, that made you want to pursue this career yourself? Yeah. Another great question. I mean, it takes me, it takes me back a long ways. I think as a, you know, even as a child before I knew quote, what I wanted to be when I grew up, I had a mm-hmm. sense of a real, uh, a real connection to, kind of animated work that, that I would see on TV or I suppose even in the movie theater. And, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't really a ham growing up or a class clown or anything of that nature. I was probably fairly, I think, you know, hearing stories and some of my earlier recollections, I think I was fairly, you know, withdrawn or introverted, but, you know, in those circumstances where I could be with friends or family and kind of cut up, um, I think pretty early on, I developed an interest in doing silly voices. And 
you know, saw that, I, I think, fairly early on as a way that would entertain people or please people. And that was obviously, you know, kind of a, a nice thing for me that I could see that I could have a positive effect on someone or their day or what have you. And so, you know, I would, you know, do that from time to time and slowly came to realize, like, there are people that do this for a living. And they <laughs> are on TV. And like, wow, what would that be like? And so I, I think just, you know, without really having a, um, you know, well-defined plan about it. I, I think it was slowly dawning on me that this was this was something that certain people could have a career with, and wouldn't that be amazing? And so, you know, moving on into adulthood, I did get involved more in performing, without really having an end game of getting into animation or voice acting. Um, it was just kind of the natural course of things. I was in high school. I auditioned for a couple plays. I got into a couple plays. Um, I realized fairly quickly that was a good way to meet girls, which was an interest uh, <laughs> to me at the time. Uh, and so I did some more of that, moving into college. Uh, same thing. You know, I was doing plays. I was in some singing ensembles. And um, straight out of college, my first job, which did not utilize my degree, was at a, a restaurant that featured singing waiters. Oh. And um, it was uh, based in Houston. It has long since closed, unfortunately. But um, it was a place called The Great Caruso. And it was, it was in, it, the, the restaurant was styled um, with the architecture of an old European opera house. There was a stage, there was um, uh, room for a small uh, musical, you know, instrumental ensemble. And then most of the waiters, not all of them sang. And then they also had some kind of in-house performers that were just there to sing all night. So I was hired as a singing waiter. And through that experience, I met lots of others who were kind of, you know, in the Houston acting and performing scene and had, you know, wound up at this place as a sideline. And so through that kind of network, I met some people who were like, do you have an agent yet? Like, maybe you should consider that. Um, and so I learned, you know, I met the people I needed to meet to learn how to get an agent in town. I got an agent um, that was mostly focused on um, kind of you know, commercial work. So, you know, local TV commercials or local radio commercials, some, you know, kind of like industrial training films. Uh -huh. um, that was the sort of stuff that they would send me out to audition for. And so I landed a few of those things. And at some point, the agent was like, do you also do voice work? And I'm like, I haven't yet, but I'd be delighted. <laughs> and they're like, we, we have, you know, this dedicated division of our agency that, that is all about voice acting and it's basically for again local commercials um radio television and then these industrial training films there's quite a bit of that um with local companies especially in houston kind of you know there's some a fair bit of oil and gas and manufacturing and all of them would put together some sort of tutorial or training film or there would probably be an hr training film about you know how to behave yourself in the office type thing and so this would often require a voiceover narrator. And uh -huh. so I auditioned for a few of those. I, I got them. I also got a couple local radio commercials, just you know, a 30-second spot for this, that, or the other thing. And so there I was. Like I now had an agent, and I was getting work with some regularity. Um, 
doing voiceover stuff for local commercials. Um, when out of the blue, I saw an advertisement in the back of our weekly um, alternative newspaper, which asked for it was it was uh, an ad calling or announcing auditions for actors uh, to voice cartoons. I'm like, wow, well that seems fortuitous. <laughs> uh, so I, I called them. It took a while to make a connection, like through some trial and error. But I finally, it finally turned into an opportunity to go audition for this company, which had not been announced in the paper, but turned out to be ADV Films, a name you may know mm-hmm. um, from uh, anime history. And so, yeah, this was this was probably 20 years ago, and I went to audition for them. Um, I believe the audition scenes were from Dirty Pair. Uh, I auditioned. I walked out of there feeling like I think that went well. Hard to know. And then, like a week later, I got a call to come in and do a you know tiny bit part for an anime they were working on called Master of Moscaton. Um, and so I voiced a kind of random British soldier, Soldier C or something, uh, in this in this show. Uh, it was a load of fun. It went <laughs> well. Um, no one yelled at me. And then, you know, a few weeks later, I got called in to do something else, a little, another little thing. And slowly, bit by bit, uh, I was getting more and more frequent calls to come in and do parts that were slightly and slightly and slightly larger. Um, and so, yeah, by the late by the late 90s, uh, I was working fairly regularly um, with ADV Films, and it just sort of went from there. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. With all the titles and things that you've worked on, well, do you have a preferred genre? I don't know. I um, I guess not. I mean, I've I've really enjoyed everything that that has kind of come my way, and it's it's run the gamut. So, um, you know, and at ADV Films too, there was they did a fair bit, a, a good handful of some live action things. Um, stuff from Japan, stuff from uh, Korea, um, and on the anime side, yeah, it was it was a little of everything. I did plenty of uh, Mac and Gundam stuff. I did um, a few, you know, whatever um, sort of random male parts there would be in a harem show. I, I've had a chance to do that. Uh, I've played a love interest. I've played lots of dads. Um, <laughs> In you know everything ranging from teen rom com to horror, um, I've played lots of detectives. I've played quite a few teachers and principals. Um, I've played robots. I've played monsters. I've played uh, talking animals, um, and then regular old Joes. So and it's it's I, I can't think of an occasion that I haven't gone in and had a good time. <laughs> and or walked out, walked out of the booth and gotten to see the show afterward and going, that was really cool to be a part of. Like I'm, I'm proud of, yeah. of how this all came together. Um, it's a good show. Like I, I just, I cannot think of an example of, of something that I haven't been really pleased to be a part of um, throughout the process. So uh, yeah, I had, I, I, I can't say I've gravitated toward a, uh, toward a certain genre at all. I think all, all of it's fun. All of it has its moments, you know? Right on. Yeah, I can get behind that. Do you watch uh, your your own cartoons that you've voiced? 
I do okay with it. I get, I do try. It, it, it really comes down to a matter of time mm-hmm. um, because we're frequently a part of, of multiple projects at once. And especially now in the days of the, the dub cast and the simul dub, um, it can be more challenging to keep up with everything. But I do, uh, I do try really hard to uh, at least cap, cap, catch an episode of everything I've done um, just so I can see what the final product look like um, or looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it can, be, it can be a challenge for me to um, watch a show that I've been a part of, watch it all the way through. I think I'm, um, I've certainly done it with a few. Um, and, you know, Food Wars is something that I'm, I'm doing a decent job of keeping up with uh, in real time since it's on um, Toonami. Right. I do try to tune in uh, every single Saturday night to watch it and live tweet it. So I'm, I'm at least current with that show, uh, it, it, particularly in regard to its schedule on Toonami. And I'm uh, I'm doing the best I can with the other ones. That's fair. That's fair. Is it weird to see a character that you voiced and hearing your own voice coming out of it? it it's not anymore. It used to be, um, but particularly because... I am called upon to do character voices so often, mm-hmm. uh, and that, that's certainly the, you know, there's kind of an interesting arc there where that was certainly the way my career kind of seemed to evolve was in the beginning, um, the parts I was called in for were all character. Like I, I would go in and director would say, as, as was the case with my first role, like this is a British soldier and do you have a British accent? I'm like, yes, I do. What kind of British accent would you like? Um, and so, you know, ensuing, I was, I was performing these characters that had regional dialects or was a robot voice or, you know, was a demon or a monster or something. And so, um, it was a voice that sounded very unlike my normal speaking voice. And so when the show came on and I got a chance to watch it, um, it wasn't the same sort of weirdness that one experiences when they're hearing their normal speaking voice out of a recording device for the first time. Okay. Be like, is that what, is that what I really sound like? <laughs> yeah. Um, because this was, these were all character voices and I'm like, well, that's a hilariously silly voice. And in, in some cases, um, I would be watching with usually family, but people I knew and who knew me well and we'd be watching the scene together and they'd be like, okay, tell me when your part comes on. I'm like, I'm already talking. Like, wait, like, that's you. Um, <laughs> it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound anything like you. I'm like, yes, I was asked to do a character voice that wouldn't sound anything like me. So success, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there, there were within those kind of, circumstances, very, very rare circumstances, whereby even I was like, you know what? I can't tell if that's me or not either. Um, but it says so in the credits, so that must be me. Uh, <laughs> so that that was, uh, to your question, kind of one of the funnier, silly things or weird things about listening to your own voice um, that sometimes I couldn't recognize myself. Most of the time, I have no trouble. <laughs> but there was those couple. <laughs> there were. There were a couple. Um, so kind of along those lines, you know, talking about character voices, were there, was it always a situation where you get into the booth and they say, okay, we're looking for British soldier C, or did they say, 
were there times where they said, here's your character, come up with a voice for it and go? Yeah, absolutely. That, that happened. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it varies widely on the show, on the director. And I think too, you know, more, more and more as my sort of career has progressed and evolved and I've gotten to meet more directors and work with them more frequently and build a, a rapport. They, you know, we, we get to a point where I walk in the booth, um, they sit me down and they're like, okay, here's the show. Here's what it's about. Uh, here's who your character is. Here's sort of where your character joins the, the story arc of the show. Um, and, you know, here are some basic sort of facts or attributes to him, like he's the big bad villain or he's the hero or he's the dad of the protagonist. And he wants to his, you know, most passionate desire is to see this happen or that happen. Uh, and so, you know, I, I basically get a rundown of the show. And then I will ask, typically, my first question is, okay, what sort of voice do you want to have coming out of this guy's mouth? And more and more frequently, recently, the answer will be, I don't know yet. Let's get in the booth and sort of play around with it. Let's, oh, um, okay. You know, th throw some stuff out there and we'll kind of workshop it together. And that's really been the best um, you know, kind of the best scenario for me is, is where we get a chance to create something together, the, uh, you know, the director and, and myself. Yeah. And so, um, you know, sometimes it, it's happened where they'll go, let's hear what you got. And I will, I will start voicing something and they'll say, fantastic. I love it. Let's go with that. Or they'll say, okay, I like that. Let's, let's pitch him up a little bit or let's pitch him down a little bit. Or he is, you know, he is like a 45 year old Duke or something. Mm -hmm. um, so let's, let's add a little, and he's war hardened. He was a former general and now he's a Duke. And so let's throw a little gravel in his voice. And I'll be like, okay, how, how about this? And I'll be like, yeah, I think we got it. So we'll have a little give and take like that, which I enjoy a lot because it, you know, kind of, it certainly informs the character and it helps me as we're going that I'm getting some feedback like that. Like you're, you're, you're 85% of the way there. I think if we tweak this and add this and remove a little of this, uh, we'll have it. And so, you know, throughout this process, you know, we'll be halfway through the first episode. Maybe we're running lines and we'll, we'll, we'll decide that like 10 minutes in or 12 minutes in, like, okay, that's him. That's him. Let's go back and re-record however many lines we had in the first 10 minutes with this voice. And then we'll, we'll carry on from there. Um, so that's, that's commonly, you know, my experience more recently, um, almost equally commonly is I'll say, great. I've got a good sense for the show and the character. Uh, what would you like him to sound like? And the answer will be, uh, you basically just, he sounds like you. <laughs> like the way you're talking right now that's that's the character voice go nuts have fun i'm like oh all right okay that seems like something i can do um <laughs> and then more more infrequently at least these days there'll be a very very specific kind of direction in terms of okay this character is from the xyz region of the world and he's xyz years old um so he's gonna have this you know fairly particular regional dialect. Uh, you know, what do you got there? What, what sort of 
offering can you make on that front? And so, you know, we'll play with dialects a bit and they'll be like, yes, a little more like this prototype or a little less like that or whatever. There, we got it. So I do have some of those where I walk in and there's very, very specific direction about what the voice should sound like. Um, and I'm, I'm happy for those occasions too. Like, you know, the, all of it is a positive for me because it's, it's all about, you know, further development, further evolution, further growth. Um, so it's That's all, awesome. uh, it's all a plus in my book. That's wild. <laughs> that would be so cool to sit down and, you know, just kind of workshop it right there on the spot. It's almost very improv-esque. Yeah, there there is a sense of that. I mean, the the you know the only difference is I do have a script in front of me, and the words don't change by and large. Um, occasionally, you know, depending on what sort of character or um, accent we're going with, it might warrant a couple you know slang words from that accent. So if we're going Cockney or something, um, I you know, I might say it seems like here uh, instead of saying. Yes, sir. He might say, yes, governor. Do we have room for that? <laughs> and the, the, answer, the answer will either be yes or, yes or no, and like we can try it. And so occasionally, based on the choices we make about the character voice or the dialect or the accent, the, the script may change a tiny bit. But, but otherwise, it's, it's pretty well set in stone. And so um, while we are obviously making some, you know, sort of editorial decisions on the fly, I at least have this kind of template or outline in front of me so I can, we can stay grounded, as it were. Right. Yeah. That makes total sense. <laughs> and, you know, kind of uh, segueing into the next part that I was going to ask you about is, do you have any projects that you're working on right now that you can tell us about? Uh, yes, I think there's a couple things. So I mentioned Food Wars earlier. So that is... Um, currently playing on Toonami. Season one of Food Wars wrapped about a month ago, and season two began immediately uh, on the heels of that. And oh, so, wow. Um, we, are, we are seeing uh, good old Juichiro as part, of, um, as part of the cast. He is less involved in season two than he was in season one, but he's still around. So um, that's going to continue for a few weeks. And then after that... Um, season three of Food Wars has launched on High Dive, if you know this streaming network. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, H-I-D-I-V-E.com, highdive.com. And so Food Wars, um, all of season one and season two are available, and then season three has begun. So I think that's, that's coming out piecemeal, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I could be proven wrong, but I think so far there's an episode or two and that was, that's going to continue weekly is my belief. Um, so people who are interested in, in season three of food wars can go to high dive now and see at least some of it. And then there is a rumor. I don't have, I honestly don't have anything to back this up, confirm or deny that possibly uh, season three would continue on Toonami at the conclusion oh. of season two. Uh, if, if history is anything to go by, they started season two immediately once season one ended on Toonami. Uh -huh. And so if, if just using basic logic, again, I really don't have inside knowledge here. I'm just spitballing. Uh, 
but using uh, using history as our guide, uh, since we know that season three English dub has been launched and part of it is available on High Dive, um, there is a chance that season three will continue on Toonami. So if that's the case, and I don't know, but if that's the case, that could be a, what we'd call an upcoming project. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so do, do with that what you will. Similarly, um, uh, folks that have Netflix may already know there's increasingly um, anime uh, series that are, are finding their way to Netflix that yeah. have you know, had, had life before or are available through other streaming services or are available on DVD and are now also available on Netflix. Uh, and so for fans of the old anime Saint Seiya, um, they may have seen that there's kind of some new incarnations of that available on Netflix. I think there's actually two or three different shows that are based on Saint Seiya um, with, you know, many of the characters that, that people would have come to know from the old series and told in a slightly different way. And there's some different animation styles. Um, I honestly don't know that the names of the, the various shows, but mm-hmm. uh, I think if you search Saint Seiya, you can find find all of them. Uh, so I am in, involved in at least one of those uh, re-envisionings, uh, which is currently on Netflix. Which, which is um, phenomenal. Yeah, amazing. Um, you know, to be to be a part of to be a part of any of this at all is is you know just remarkable to me. But to be a part of these things that are finding their way onto you know what is widely considered mainstream media is just a real uh, a real kick in the pants. You know. Um, <laughs> So, you know, to be on, on Toonami and to be on Netflix and like this is something that anyone across the country or the globe can click on and watch. Um, and, you know, we can we can share that little thing together from across the uh, across the planet. Uh, it's quite a thing. Exactly. Um, so anyway, yeah. So um, Saint Say is a thing. If people haven't uh, tuned into Netflix to, to check that out, that's a. Um, for them, at least, would be a quote upcoming project. <laughs> and as that soon as is they find it, a beautiful answer. <laughs> yeah. And what I mean, about would, you? Where can people go to check you out on social medias? So I am. Uh, I'm kind of a. I'd say a dilettante on social media. I, I, I dabble a bit. I'm probably not as plugged in as many of my. Uh, contemporaries, but people can at least find me on Twitter. That's easy. Okay. Um, so, so my handle there is at J Hickman MD. So my uh, first name is spelled out J A Y, then H I C K M A N, and then the initials M as in Mary, D as in dog, um, which also stands for medical doctor. Uh, many people have noted uh, that. <laughs> and, uh, and have wondered why my uh, my handle includes to me being a medical doctor or alludes to me being a medical doctor. Um, so at J Hickman MD on Twitter, and I'm uh, you know if you if you needed felt the need to, you could certainly find me on LinkedIn, um, just searching for J Hickman. Um, but I don't I don't post a lot in the way of kind of performance or voice related stuff there. So that may yeah. be a dead end for most people. Um, <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah. My, my, my Facebook presence is really anemic. I, my, 
website is so, so old. I would be embarrassed to give out the URL. Um, but I am, <laughs> I'm working. I don't have a YouTube channel to speak of. That's, that's something I am interested in doing. It's a future project. Um, so I hope to have some exciting news to share on all of these fronts sometime soon. And when I do, I will announce it on Twitter. So awesome. uh, for now, for now, Twitter will be the hub of all of my, uh, all of my good news. Um, and still, still kind of working out the, the convention schedule for, for 2020. Um, excited to get out there, meet some folks. Um, as of now, I don't have anything on the docket. I believe something is percolating right now for August. So as soon as I know, I'll announce on Twitter. Um, and as, as things come through, um, I always announce those on Twitter with as much advance notice as I can, because uh, I really do enjoy so much being able to to go to uh, conventions or other sort of fan events or screenings and actually meet people and talk to them about you know what we're watching together and all that stuff. It's a it's a real thrill for me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jay, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on my show today, and you know just talking to me and the listeners and letting us know more about what it is you do and, and really getting down into it. I've really appreciated it. I've had a good time speaking with you. You bet. It's been my pleasure. Anytime, anytime. I'd be glad to do it with you. Yeah. Maybe after we get some convention scheduling, we can, we can reassess. <laughs> sounds like a deal. Awesome. Sounds like a deal. And, you know, speaking of conventions, it's, it's all about the fans, and that's why I do this podcast. It's for all the listeners and fans that tune in and check this stuff out. So make sure to go to Jay's Twitter and, you know, follow along, keep an eye out, go say hi at the cons. And until then, we'll see you on the next episode of The Leo Effects, and we'll catch you later. Awesome. See ya. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, creatures of all ages, what an amazing show. Thank you for lending an ear and joining us. I'm the host, Ray Rumsey, and if you want to hear more interviews, simply head to anywhere podcasts are heard, Facebook or Twitter, and search The Leo Effects, with an A, not an E. If you'd like to hear me doing silly voices and making a general fool of myself, head over to Shattered Dungeons on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. We live stream every Tuesday night. More projects are in the works. For now, stay tuned for more interviews. To book yourself as a guest, you can head to theleoeffects.wixsite.com slash podcast or send me an email at theleoeffects at gmail.com. Remember, this has been The Leo Effects, and great shows require great listeners just like you. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.